And maybe right now as you endure trials, after all it says in the scriptures, you're going to endure many trials as a Christian before you enter the kingdom of God. And Jesus even says you're going to be persecuted, you're going to be hated. It might seem like there's not much hope. And as you're living out your Christian life, you might say, well, why bother if this is what it involves? Why carry a cross as Jesus says I must do? And though it seems so hopeless as Jesus was rejected and crucified, placed in the tomb, every reason for hope hinges on what was accomplished through him. Jesus is alive. Jesus, against all hope, showed his disciples he was alive. You see, if Jesus was not alive, life would be an endless despair without hope. But because he is alive, it is an endless hope without despair. The following is from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona. Reaching out with rock-solid hope in Rind Country. February 17, 2019. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 12, 16-20. There are some things that, doesn't it just seem like it's completely hopeless or pointless? Because even from the start, it seems like it's doomed to failure. You know, there was a house that I used to visit that was down a long dirt road. Maybe some of you can relate. It wasn't just a stony dirt road. It was one of those really powdery dirt roads that when you drive down it, your vehicle was simply covered in dirt. So I quickly realized it was pointless to try to keep my car clean if I was going to try to visit that person. And there are other things too where you, you probably have noticed you don't even bother because right from the start you know it's doomed to failure. Maybe trying to be clean-shaven. You try to do it, but just you can't do it. Well, as we read God's word this morning, we see that some had brought this teaching into the church regarding Christian life and even regarding the very faith itself. And they were saying it's doomed from the very start. Why even bother? This morning, we continue our series on what does it mean to be spiritual as we now ask that question and we see to be spiritual means that you have a reason for hope. And that reason for hope stands even when on the surface things might seem doomed to failure. That's what we see as we look this morning once more at the final portion of the letter to the Corinthians. And now we turn to 1 Corinthians 15. See, the, the ancient Christians in Corinth, they had this teaching that really was telling them things were pointless. Paul brings it up here in chapter 15. Yes, they were preaching that Jesus rose from the dead. But in regards to their own resurrection, it says that some were saying there is no resurrection of the dead. The truth was basically, yes, Jesus was some anomaly and he rose, but as for you, don't really expect that to happen. And you can understand, maybe this teaching came because they were surrounded by a culture of people that were saying, this life is it. When you die, it's over. Your body simply decays, the blood drains into the earth, and nothing will come of that body again. And not only were they surrounded by a false teaching and culture and religion that spoke of this, but you can imagine human reason no doubt led them to that same conclusion. They knew that when you're dead, you're dead. To see a, a living 
being that was once dead was something they never would have expected. And so the teaching spread and started to spread with all the factions that there is no resurrection of the dead in a Christian church. And with this false teaching, you can see perhaps why, as you read the rest of the letter, so many other factions of false teaching started to spread. Sexual immorality, lovelessness, selfishness, divisions. All that because, why bother? They even were saying, as you look earlier in the letter, everything's permissible. Because this body, it's not going to last. There are still those today who, sadly, don't have any reason for hope when it comes to life after this life. They say that these bodies are simply all we have. And as far as we can observe and know, therefore, it must be true, they will never again live. And so we're living for this life, not for the next one. And you can imagine how this leaves one without hope and an expectation that one has to do everything now to gain anything. Well, you know what? They're, they're getting part of it right. You see, if, so, if someone has this understanding that this body is not going to last and it will be in the grave and that's the end, they're getting half the story, aren't they? In the very beginning, go back to the first man, Adam who Adam only had reason for hope, only could hope that he would live forever in that perfect world that his God had created for him. And with that perfect marriage, which would never end, Adam and Eve lived with a perfect reason for hope as they saw God. But all that changed, didn't it? With just that simple act of rebellion, when they took that life and they turned against the God who gave them everything, They lost not just their connection to their God, but every reason for hope. As God pronounced, you can no longer hope for enjoyment in this life, but trials. And as God pronounced, this world itself is cursed because of what you've done. And as God told them that you will go back to the ground, this body which was you're expected to go on, it will not. But dust will turn back to dust. So that's Partly the story, but the Corinthian Christians were missing out on the the second part, weren't they? You see, there's that anomaly, Jesus, that one who came and could not fail and whose hope could not die. And though it seemed so hopeless as Jesus was rejected and crucified, placed in the tomb, every reason for hope hinges on what what was accomplished through him. Jesus is alive. Jesus, against all hope, showed his disciples he was alive. Paul records that early in this chapter as he lists all the times where Jesus, back from the dead, showed his body to those who were his disciples. And one after another, with convincing proof, they saw it doesn't end in death. Paul even lists one time where Jesus appeared to 500 witnesses who in turn said, there is hope because that man, Jesus, lives. And that's our hope. That's what the Corinthian Christians also had and should have been holding on to. Paul draws the conclusion, he says, if Christ was raised, then you and I, we're going to follow him. We're not just going to follow him as we endure crosses and trials. We're going to follow him to life. We have a reason for hope. 
in our Christian life, brothers and sisters, we, we also have that first part of the story, don't we? Where it seems like things are hopeless. Maybe now, when you say a prayer, there's that wonder, does someone hear? Does someone listen? If Jesus is not alive, there's no one to listen. But God has been raised. And Jesus, your living God, promises, pray for something, I'll hear it, and I will answer. And maybe right now, as you endure trials, after all it says in the Scriptures, you're going to endure many trials as a Christian before you enter the kingdom of God. And Jesus even says, you're going to be persecuted, you're going to be hated. It might seem like there's not much hope. And as you're living out your Christian life, you might say, well, why bother if this is what it involves? Why carry a cross, as Jesus says I must do? Well, if Jesus won the victory through his cross, there's hope because we now follow him from trial to glory. And if the, the scriptures say that you're to win and or you're to struggle this battle against sin, and to daily wage war against the enemies of God and the devil and those who would seek to turn you aside from your Lord. If this life is all there is, why fight that struggle? But Jesus is alive. And it's him that we belong to and him that we now live for. And our hope is that we who have struggled in this life against sin will forever be done with sin because he's washed us and he will make us new. And as you live out your Christian life, you might finally reason, well, what hope is there when I face difficulties and life gets hard? Well, Jesus faced difficulties. And just as God does, he worked the evil for good. And so it is with your life. God promises you there's hope. He will take whatever suffering you're facing and he'll work it for good. How do you know that's true? We have a reason for hope. He did that in Christ. Jesus, who is alive and who says he holds all authority, says he will do that for you. See, we have a reason for hope. In all of our Christian life, in all that we face and do, we have every reason for hope. See, everything centers on and hinges on this very fact. The one who came and suffered and died for us has fulfilled everything he promised. The scriptures are full of hope because God speaks and God fulfills. God said he would make hope for the hopeless through his son. And his son is alive. And now we know that whatever comes, even death, God's promise will be fulfilled. And someday, all that Jesus said there in the, the it's often called the blessings, the Beatitudes, all those things will be fulfilled. You weep now, but someday there'll be laughter. And you, you hunger now, hungering for maybe food or maybe just for justice and peace. You can be filled. You are someone who grieves. You'll be comforted. There's hope. And that hope is all centered in that someday we too, like those witnesses that saw him, will see Jesus. That these bodies that were in the dust be raised up along with Jesus there is a resurrection of the dead being spiritual means life is not pointless you see if Jesus was not alive life would be an endless despair without hope 
But because he is alive, is an endless hope without despair. What does it mean to be spiritual? It means you have a reason for hope. Amen. Yours is the kingdom.